Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I like it when 60 Minutes takes on stories I think are important and handle them properly uh, because they still are the most powerful news outlet of any kind in America. 60 Minutes is still a show that can make uh, people in government react. Further investigations, past legislation, that sort of stuff. And they took on the whole Havana Syndrome thing that we've been talking about for years. That's where... You know, it started with a number of our diplomats in Cuba. That's why it's called Havana Syndrome, but it has since happened all over the world, including at the White House, which was part of the focus of 60 Minutes last night. In the um, summer of 20... 20- wait, 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 wait. I'll, I'll go like this when I want to play it. Um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, so it's uh, the belief is that some foreign adversary has some sort of weapon where they can scramble your brain from afar. Now, I didn't see it. Uh, I don't want to steal anybody's thunder, but I, I, at one point it was thought that it was accidentally a weapon. It was an information-gathering tool that happened to hurt people. I, I, I still think that's what it is. I still okay. think that's what it is. Although it's hard, to, it's hard to say. I'll tell you what it's not. It's not what the CIA is claiming for some reason. Now, we talked about this last month. A study came out, the CIA came out with their final study saying, no, uh, we think uh, some of these were not uh, Havana Syndrome and some of the things they're calling Havana Syndrome, they don't have enough in common. We have no reason to believe uh, there's a foreign adversary behind this, blah, blah, blah. And I remember at the time when we read about it on the air, we're like, what? Why? Okay. Seemed well, awfully dismissive. And 60 Minutes was dismissive of their dismissiveness last night, which I appreciate. But we're going to focus mostly on some of the stories from these various people in the U.S. government and how they were affected by whatever's going on here. Here's a good example. In the summer of 2019, she was descending these stairs toward the White House when she felt she had been physically struck. But it was like this piercing feeling on the side of my head. It was like, I remember it was on the right side of my head, and I I got, like, vertigo. Um, I was unsteady. Um, I was, I felt nauseous. Um, I was somewhat disoriented and I was just, I remember thinking like, okay, you gotta, if you don't fall down the stairs, like you've got to find your ground again and steady yourself. She steadied herself on a railing, but the piercing feeling continued as she passed by this entrance to the West Wing. It was almost like I couldn't really process. It was like a paralyzing panic attack. I've never had that. Um, I've never felt anything like that. And so I, I you know, I, I thought to myself, I mean, do I have a brain tumor out of the blue? Is, is this what happens? Am I having a stroke? I don't know which is worse, somebody being struck by this weapon um, when they're in a government building or like this guy at home. Woke up uh, in my apartment that night, a row house on Capitol Hill, to a really strange sound. The sound that woke Miles Taylor is a common experience reported by dozens of Americans stricken overseas. It was sort of a chirping, somewhere between what you would think is a cricket or sort of a digital sound. I didn't know what it was, but it was enough to wake me up. What was really strange about it is I went to the window, opened up my window, looked down at the street, and keep in mind, Scott, this is probably 3, 3.30 in the morning, and I see a white van, and the van's brake lights turned on, and it pulled off and it sped away. How long did it last? This whole episode only lasted 
about seven to ten minutes. How did you feel the next day? Off. Uh, off, not ready to go to work, uh, you know, kind of wanting to take the day off, um, you know, sick. Uh, here's another guy who was attacked multiple times, including his family. So they moved to a hotel where Garfield says it happened again. And we woke up around, I believe, 2 a.m. Um, with strange vibrations uh, in our bodies and a, a sound which led Garfield to check on his children in another room. I saw an extremely eerie scene where both were thrashing in their beds um, asleep, but both kicking and moving um, pretty aggressively. And I went over to my daughter and I put my head down next to her head and I heard a very distinct sound uh, just right there sort of like water rushing. So I picked her up, took her in, put her with my wife and came back and I checked my son. Same sound, just right next to his head. So I picked him up, put him on my shoulder, walked over to my wife and I said, we're getting out of here. Kids are still having balancing issues, walking and stuttering. What the heck? Yeah, and uh, one more and then we can discuss. This is, you'll remember, from the Trump administration with the mustache, John Bolton. In 2019, during a visit by President Trump to London, two members of John Bolton's national security staff became ill in a hotel. And uh, that it was on the floor where uh, it would completely taken up with personnel from the White House and White House agencies uh, struck me as being uh, pretty good evidence of a deliberate attack. You believe it was an attack? I, I don't think there's any other hypothesis when you begin to look at the the number and the pattern that we've experienced. CIA disagrees for some reason. Scott Pelley seemed flabbergasted. Like, how can you sit here and say there's no pattern or anything related between all these different... Oh, we just, uh, we've looked it over and we don't see any reason. There's, I, I think the CIA knows there's some reason they're acting like they don't know. Yeah. Uh, and it I might be g- for, it might be a good, might be good. Yeah, they're working on something. And, and want to minimize attention to this or, or, or while they work on it? Or it's so big if they were to say, yeah, it's China, or yeah, it's Russia, or or who knows what. Um, they got to play it, you know, go slow on this whole thing, because it would be pretty explosive. As, as they get into the conversation uh, longer in the 60 minutes, what I thought was pretty interesting, uh, one of the... Um, uh, and they were keeping most of these people, like, you know, uh, anonymous. You didn't know what their names were or what department they were in or that sort of stuff. But one guy saying, this, if proven, could easily be construed as an act of war. An sure. act of war. You're attacking U.S. personnel on government grounds with a near-lethal weapon. So this could be an act of war that would be retaliated with as, as an act of war. This is a big deal. Which might be one of the reasons the CIA is saying, oh, we don't think there's anything because you got to figure out how we're going to handle this. But Well, what I've gotten hung up on every time we've talked about this is why. Why would a hostile foreign power do this? 
Um, what are they trying to accomplish? Why wouldn't they wait until they could really use that weapon? Because, I mean, if an unscrupulous regime like China, for instance, wanted to test it, they would test it on the poor Uyghurs or, or political dissidents or something like that, and they would not show their hand. That's and a, that would that's a very Chinese thing to do. Don't show your hand. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking last night about this after I watched the whole... And again, they did two long segments on this. It's really worth uh, checking out if you haven't. Um it well, and that's, doesn't that's, make any. Oh, go ahead, sorry. It doesn't make any sense, as you just said. If it's a weapon, you don't try it out near the White House. No, no, that would draw the, the highest possible scrutiny, and that's why the whole it's an accidental effect of like a a, a, a listening tool, right? Um, that that makes sense now because they didn't realize how devastating it could be, and they were trying to pick up on uh, electronic communications. God well, knows. Although it's been going on for years, so if that was the case, and it's you know, and if it's just trying to spy on us, it could be allies, it could be Israel, it could be who you know an ally if they're just trying to spy on us. But I would think as soon as they found out it's scrambling people's brains and making their kids so they can't walk or talk anymore, they would stop. They'd go back to the drawing board. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. It's a mystery, and a a part of the mystery is why the CIA doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. 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 I definitely have that feeling I have and have many times through our career where I'm missing a major piece of information. Well, yeah, and all these fairly highly placed people. Uh, John Bolton was speaking on behalf of somebody who who doesn't want to come forward that was in part of his detail, and he was speaking on behalf of that guy. But some pretty high-placed people that are speaking out about this and believe it's real. And certainly non-crackpots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Fascinating, and if it if it is a weapon, well, it can't it can't be a weapon. It defies logic if it's a weapon. You would use it as part of something, an attack, or right. I just there are too many unanswerable questions if it's a weapon. Although again, I might be missing something big. I readily admit that. Yeah, very strange. If you have any theories, you can text us at four one five two nine five KFTC. I I I would be shocked if this story is uh, goes away. I think we'll learn a lot oh, yeah. more about this someday. So I'm going to need your help in a moment or two. My my daughter called me. Well, she face phoned me, uh, giggling last night, and said, "Dad, you know how sometimes when you, you're reading instructions that were originally written in a foreign language and they and they translate them to English, they don't make sense. I really need your help figuring this one out." <laughs> Perhaps y'all can uh, understand it and help us both out. We'll have that truly mysterious direction for you in a moment or two, plus a a conversation with Mike Lyons about the situation in Ukraine, Russia, what's likely to happen, who's trying to accomplish what. Uh, We'll have that uh, coming up in a few minutes. Armstrong and Getty. Breaking COVID news. Coronavirus! Justin Bieber has Omicron. Oh, God. (laughs) First the queen, now this. I love doing the breaking news on celebrities having COVID. 
for some reason. I get a kick out of that. <laughs> this is actually breaking COVID news. New York Times. A flurry of new studies suggests you don't need a booster. You just don't. Wait New York a Times, we'll, go, we'll get into that in depth coming up. But it's like a big New York Times story citing a bunch of studies saying now two, three, but maybe even just two are enough to protect you for years to come. Oh, that directly contradicts, you know, what was the big, big, big news just a few months ago. The waning immunity. What right. happened to the waning immunity? Stay tuned. The old W.I. <laughs> Did I mention Justin Bieber has COVID? So Delaney uh, texted me last night, my 22-year-old daughter, my, my buddy, and she's already giggling. And she says, Dad, you know how sometimes you're uh, you're trying to put something together? In fact, she is assembling a uh, like a, a rack for doing art projects on. And uh, she said, you know how sometimes it's uh, written in a foreign language and they <laughs> translate it badly to English? I said, yeah, of course. She said, here's one for you. you got to help me figure out what they want me to do. So I said, okay, hit me, <clears throat> and I quote, and this is going to be a lot like listening to Kamala Harris. Uh, you're going to have to really focus. Connecting column embedded into the groove of column body, closely linked, without scraping cloth, and not easy to bump. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't know what to do then. Uh, Was there a diagram? Well, there's a picture. The whole not easy to bump. No, no, thing no, no! Is, you did it wrong. It's easy to bump, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> is that is that a haiku? Michael, play with that haiku music. Do you have that? Let me try it. Okay. Connecting column embedded into the groove of column body, closely linked, without scraping cloth, and not easy to bump. It does. It's, it does sound like a haiku. Too many syllables. Right. Maybe it's two haikus back to back. (laughs) It's closely linked, but it's just easy to bump. How do they not put more effort into those things? I don't know. I've I've often said, look, you're some Chinese company. You're making zillions of dollars. Hire me. I'll go through your directions. I'll I'll say nobody says uh, embedded into the groove of column body. (laughs) Right. That's not. No. Let me let me reword that for you. Not easy to bump. Well, well, it shows you our insatiable appetite for cheap, cheap crap that we'll, we're willing to put up with instructions like that to save a few bucks on whatever we're putting together. Yeah, true that. Yeah. As if we can't make that sort of thing in America. Now, I wonder if the great decoupling is going to lead to a, a comeback of quality stuff we pay a little more for. I hope so. I hope so, too. And and I think, at the risk of launching into a topic that can't be contained in the time we have left, I think it is really a good thing that the conservatism is, is beginning to incorporate not just a pro-business, you know, pro-corporate, pro-global trade thing, because that's, that's done a lot of good for the world. That is not entirely evil, like some people believe. But it has to also include a uh, the American worker is why the American government exists to a large extent, to keep us safe and free and that sort of thing. And if we're enslaved by Chinese corporations, we're not free. And also, um, I think it's important that we recognize the national security need to onshore certain manufacturing capabilities, be they, you know, technology or, or defense or certainly medical stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so we're saving a few dimes by having China manufacture all our drugs. Are you kidding? We're now uh, we're slaves to the dragon. It's just, just a, to keep our blood pressure from you know causing us to stroke out. It's just a matter of time before that decoupling happens, isn't it? I sure hope. I gotta believe. Uh, we're gonna talk to Mike Lyons, our favorite military analyst, strategist guy, coming up next segment about what's going on in Ukraine, the very latest. Um, back to this New York Times thing briefly because this is pretty big news, I think. And then I've got instruction number two from this project. Okay, well, let's hear that. Let's hear that. Insert bolts. Insert bolts (laughs) to make the frame more stable. Well, that's definitely a haiku. (laughs) Without a doubt. It's like you're yelling at somebody. Insert bolts. Insert bolts (laughs) to make the frame more stable. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. In case you didn't hear me the first time. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Back to the COVID thing. Yes, I'm sure this is important. Um, I think. Well, I think it's going to be news all day long. Um, a flurry of new studies suggests that several parts of the immune system can mount a sustained, potent response to any coronavirus variant with two shots, let alone three. How soon before you need another shot? Not for many months, or perhaps not for many years, according to a flurry of new studies. Says the New York Times. Ah, because you do have multiple different sorts of cells in your immune system, and I guess they've finally gotten around to testing all of them? If you're over 65 or have another comorbidity, it might benefit from a fourth vaccine, but for everybody else, it's unnecessary, it says in this new article. Wow. Boy, billions of dollars didn't change hands based on that. Billions of dollars. Wait a minute. I hadn't even thought of that. God, it would be an unknowable number of dollars that don't get spent based on that. Mike Lyons on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. For some people here, the war has already begun. Shelling in the east, where Ukrainian soldiers oppose Russian-backed separatists, has increased, with two Ukrainian soldiers killed Saturday. Separatist leaders ordered an evacuation, with a dubious warning that Ukraine, surrounded by 190,000 Russian soldiers, plans to attack. We are taking enough food for one day, she says. We don't know when we'll be back. Before we get to our learned guest, the very latest, five Ukrainian soldiers killed. Russia claims the Ukrainian soldiers had crossed the border. Ukraine saying, no, we didn't. Figuring out exactly what's going on is not easy. After graduating from West Point, Mike Lyons had a distinguished career in the United States military, awarded the Bronze Star for his actions in combat, and is a well-respected and loved around here military analyst. Uh, Mike, welcome. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning, guys. Great to be back with you. Hey, has it started? Will we know when it started? Is this the start? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, usually artillery starts these kinds of combats and uh, these kinds of uh, conflicts. And I, you know, we could, we're sitting there, we got this report over the weekend about how the the commanders on the front have got their orders and, and the like. I mean, we're just ignoring all principles of war about surprise or, 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 or the like. Um, but from from Vladimir Putin's perspective, he controls everything on the ground there. So I I think for, from all practical purposes that, that it has and in, in his eyes, and this is just a way of you know extending it out before the rest of the world recognizes it. I think that's really what 
this is all about, um, as he just controlled the narrative from top to bottom. We saw yesterday um, we couldn't get out this press release fast enough about how Joe Biden is going to meet with him. We don't know where or when or whatever. And then all of a sudden this morning, that, that's been canceled, for, I think. I mean, the, the, the Russian um, uh, communique says uh, we're not so fast on that. So, so I, I do think that now with the Olympics over, you're going to see a lot more stepping up. But from, from my perspective on what's happening on the ground, this, is, this has already started. What's interesting uh, while watching this unfold in real time, and it's so reminiscent of various similar incidents in history, is that it's not clear at all what Putin's goals are. Does he want a little? Does he want a lot? You know, and and that's part of the way expansionists keep those who would intervene, you know, off uh, off balance. I guess. I think he wants a lot. I think that he, he, the kind of forces he's gathered there means he wants a lot. I think that um, he, he's got to have that capability, especially to the north and Belarus, and and the fact that he can easily close off um, the, the 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 boundary of western Ukraine. Um, but this is going to be a more than just a boundary, the physical boundary that that exists on the ground. It's going to be a cyber. It's going to be all the infrastructure. It's going to be the things that that controls there. Um, if you take a look at the amount of pipelines that run through Ukraine. From from Russia that uh, he's going to have to strategically get get a hold of right away. I also think though that he doesn't want to destroy Ukraine to take it. I think that's why he's proceeding very carefully um, when he does finally launch, let's say, a larger attack where it's more obvious that people say, "Oh yeah, here we go, things are on." I, he's going to really go after the Ukraine military and in their bases and places that are likely away from built-up areas, uh, knowing full well that um, you know, the, the Ukraine uh, military is. It's guarding important things, but for all practical purposes, again, they're going to be a target in this whole thing. Yeah, that was the reporting CBS had yesterday that the, that uh, the, he has so many troops because he wants to occupy the country. He doesn't want to destroy it. He wants to have a working, you know, uh, economic asset of a country to be running. Yeah, it looks like right now this is going the way of, you know, we could do this hard or we could do this easy. And um, you saw over the weekend also Zelensky, the, the Ukraine minister, basically challenged the West saying, you guys have all these sanctions, you won't tell me what they are, and you won't start them in place now. You know, he's bombing me right now, and you guys aren't aren't doing anything. And, you know, we sent our crack vice president over there to make a statement or two about something about something. But, um, no, it, it, again, this he Vladimir Putin runs this whole thing top to bottom. And um, we have to be careful, I also think, about looking for transactions on a daily basis of, of you know, one thing is going to happen that's going to cause some, something else. And that's because if you just look back at it, he's been planning this for the last eight months. The, the amount of troops that are there, the amount of seeds that have been planted, the amount of things that he's done over the past eight, nine months, go back from the past 14 years, uh, this has been going, this has been a long time coming, which is why I, he's just not going to all of a sudden pull the plug and say, nah, forget it, we're not going to do it. So here's something you know a lot about. We have been the dominant military force rolling into a smaller country, and you know, and you would think, okay, we're just going to roll them over and take it over. But then you have, uh, you know, uh, a whole bunch of people that are really unhappy that you're there, mm-hmm. shooting at you and bombing you alongside the road for years to come. Is that what uh, Putin's looking at? I think that's one of the deterrents. There's, there's two of them. He's got that one, an insurgency that could take place, knowing that we would try to 
fund that and supply weapons to those people if we can get them. This is why he has to seal that border. Um, but I think that second thing is the deterrence of, of the fact that the Ukraine military you know, can inflict some damage on Russian troops. And sending a bunch of Russian body bags back the other direction is not going to go well with Russian people. Um, this And the sanctions, let's say the sanctions do work and they, they do somewhat strangle off the, the Russian economy and Russian people feel it. So th- there's, there's, still, there's slight bits of deterrence still left, which is why I think he's trying to squeeze this thing out to make it more of a fait accompli because he really doesn't want to go full force, 190,000 troops occupying there. But the, the other thing is, these things never go as intended. Look, look at um, the Gulf War, go back to that. Saddam Hussein never thought that the United States would do anything, never thought the United States would put an ally together like we did, never thought we would finally you know, do anything, and look what happened there. There's so many examples in history of where uh, things, once the shooting starts, it's that whole Mike Tyson thing of, you know, everyone's got a plan to get punched in the face, and once the shooting starts on and earnest on both sides, he, he's going to lose control of the initiative at that point. Military analyst Mike Lyons is on the line. Uh, this is less military and more diplomatic, but uh, I don't think it's a coincidence at all that uh, Xi of China and Putin signed this gigantic new we're best buddies agreement uh, on the eve of this happening. How important is China being willing to bail Russia out uh, economically? Yeah, I think 100% is the backstop, is the net that he wanted in order to uh, feel more confident that if he does this, that at least they'll stay out of it. They won't say anything, let's say, but they'll also provide that economic support in the background. He'll lose some some uh, energy uh, exports over the next few months, let's say. Um, and, and, you know, now we're seeing this alliance between Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, that could potentially take place. And, you know, we're, here we go back to the future. We're back to having this these two poles again. The United States has done really a terrible job the past 30 years, all administrations to be blamed for this, and, and not keeping together these certain alliances. I, I don't th- I think um, the last, you know, the, what, what the last administration tried to do with NATO to pony up money to figure out how we were going to get along was important. I think this administration is just still a day later, dollar short. When he got up there last week and said, this alliance is really strong, you see that Macron's been there to, to negotiate separately, that the UK have been there to negotiate separately. We're not really speaking with one voice, and, it, you know, once, again, once things become more evident that he's rolled i think that uh, you know that you're not going to see a united front sometimes you don't recognize something bad has happened until it's already over um is the world about to wake up here in the next couple of days couple of weeks whatever and just and everybody recognize okay the world is just we have a completely different world order going on than we've had for the last many decades yeah, that's uh, it could be that tipping point that we see happen often in times. I mean, maybe we'll stop inviting Vladimir Putin to Davos and stop inviting him to you know conferences and let him talk. Uh, you know, maybe we'll treat him like the the thug and the dictator and he is. And how you know maybe that'll happen. I, I'm not sure. We 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 can't seem to help ourselves though with this in terms of it's always about the money. It's always about economics and uh, how, how, I still shake my head. How does Germany shut down all their nuclear power plants mm. and decide to outsource their energy? to Russia and knowing full well that you know this is who they're outsourcing it to. Even as we give away our energy independence, which makes me nuts. But uh, yeah. my final question, just as a, a devil's advocate, uh, maybe question, uh, given especially the Russian experience in WW2, horrific losses, the rest of it, mm-hmm. uh, Russia has a fair amount of, you could call it paranoia or just concern about invasion. Uh, was there a way, maybe is there a way to to grant Putin security assurances enough to settle this down? That's a great question. I don't think he, at this point he'll believe.
believe them. I think that's what we're, we're talking about here. And, and uh, even if we said, you know, uh, UK won't be in NATO, it's going to be that peace in our time analogy. We're all looking for what's the historical analogy here. You've got uh, the analogy of what happened in the Middle East in, in, the, in the 60s and 70s with the Arab countries coming to the Israeli border to threaten war. That, that's what this is to me more like it. But I think I think anything else like that is appeasement because um, there's no way Ukraine ever is in NATO. Uh, the Germans wouldn't go for it. The Turks wouldn't go for it. So it's not going to happen, but we're not going to say that quite part out loud. Um, and I don't think he's going to believe it at this point. And I think for all practical purposes, he, he, and he wants to get that, that former Soviet Union and restore that power there, try to get that economic um, bolt that he'll get when he takes over this country. Military analyst Major Mike Lyons. Mike, I hope we can stay in touch. Whatever unfolds, it's going to be uh, significant, I think. So. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. It's going to be it's going to be significant. Yeah, which is a, a gross understatement, but uh, there you have it. Thanks, Mike. A very serious sounding <clears throat> Mike Lyons there. So CBS is reporting yesterday with uh, David Martin. I believe he was the first one that reported that um, Russian military leaders had been given the go ahead to start. And he also reported that Russia is planning a shock and awe campaign similar to what we did to Baghdad when we went in. And uh, it's going to start with cyber, and then they're just going to light up the sky, bombing the crap out of stuff. Um, and that's where I heard that the reason they have 190,000 troops is then they want to occupy the place quickly and have a, you know, a functioning state. They don't want to destroy the country. They want to run the country. Right. Um, but uh, Jake Sullivan, our Secretary of State, no, it's a national security advisor just moments ago uh, said this. Um, Russia is planning an extremely violent operation to crush Ukraine. So I don't know. I don't know how you can do shock and awe and not destroy a hell of a lot of stuff. Well, what I was picturing when Mike was talking, Mike Lyons, was that uh, picturing the Russian military decimating you know, X percent of the Ukrainian military in such short order that everybody from military leadership to uh, civilian leadership says, all right, this will be suicide if we don't come to some sort of agreement, see what Russia wants. Um, well, we won't sacrifice, you know, 75 percent of the young men of this country in a need in a, you know, useless uh, mission, suicide mission. And then, you know, Putin gets a quote unquote political settlement. And installs his puppet regime, and you know, one hundred and fifty thousand lives are spared. Mm. Uh, I, I, that's probably what he's hoping for. Just so overwhelming that they just say there's no point in trying to resist this. R- right? Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. Heard Great a, stuff, man. Heard a lot of people Ooh. interviewed on the street who say they're willing to fight to the death for this, but uh, we'll see. That is grim. Thank, as I as I've been saying all last week. Thank God every day you live in the United States where there's no freaking chance some country's going to, you know, roll tanks in and take over. You're going to have to, like, get your hunting gun and hide behind bushes and, and see how long you can last against trained soldiers to try to defend your country. Thank God you don't have to do that. Yipes, yipes. And at the risk of driving the point into the ground, when we gave away our energy independence... We empowered Putin beyond. It's difficult to uh, to uh, estimate accurately how much more hand to quote Seinfeld we gave Putin. It's absolutely awful to appease the wackadoodle American environmental left. 
farming out energy production to countries that are way worse to the environment than we are. It's just insane. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. things we got to mention real quick today is the 50 year half century anniversary of nixon's visit to china the beginning of one of the great scams in the history of the planet and we'll talk more about that tomorrow and up until like a year ago everybody thought nixon was a genius for pulling that off we all now know that we were duped by china oh. um more on that tomorrow NPR's got a new podcast out about that I want to check out today before uh, we talk about it tomorrow. Uh, Also, this news, if you like books, this is painful. Brittany, and she's the only Brittany of the billions of Britneys out there who can go by one name. Brittany has a book deal that is the biggest in book publishing history only behind the Obamas. Well, if that don't tell you everything you need to know about humanity. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, if you like to read books, this will make you sad. The second biggest deal in the history of books goes to Britney Spears. Not leaders of the free world. Not, you know, your your philosopher. Well, even in the world of music, not like your universally recognized greatest songwriters of all. No. Jailbait turned <laughs> Vegas curiosity Britney Spears. Half a crazy person, Britney Spears. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, you wanted to hear Kamala Harris one more time before we get off the air today, I, just because it's so good? I do. We don't have our old Britney Spears clip, do we? Or she and Kevin Federline were uh, discussing time travel? I'd have to go find it. We were very While short on time. stoned, yeah. Okay, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, please. This We, we need to play this a thousand times uh, before the end of our career. This is Kamala Harris, her latest. God knows what this is. We must together, work together, to see where we are, where we are headed, where we are going, and our vision for where we should be, but also see it as a moment, yes, to together address the challenges and to work on the opportunities. One of the great sentences of all time. That was like some sort of weird random sentence generator, but it, it got stuck. God, what a pile of nonsense. Her, what are those? Are they uh, left turns? Her uh, uh, asides, her caveats, her... I think she's trying to And we are all trying to, together, and yes, (laughs) alone. I think she's trying to make it seem like her simple thoughts don't reveal the full flower of her brilliance. (laughs) We together, while working together... We must together work together. Yes. To see where we are. Where we are. Where we are headed. Where we are Where headed. we are going and our vision for where, where we are. Where we are headed and where but we are going. But also see it as a <laughs> moment together, yes, together, to together, together yes, address together, the challenges. Right. And to work on the opportunities. As we must. <laughs> there's a hole in the show and you know it's time to go. It's time for final thoughts. On, on your, your feet. feet. Here's your host, Joe Getty. <laughs> Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Our technical director, Michelangelo, first. Michael? 
Yeah, this news about me, maybe we don't need a booster shot. That's good news, but I've been getting one for the past two weeks. You know, just every two weeks I get one, so I feel really stupid. Yeah, you change your name, get another booster shot. Young Alex, our behind-the-scenes producer, has a final thought. Alex? Perhaps yeah, not. What are you going to do? Perhaps not. Jack, final thought to share with us? More time for me on my birthday. I remember when I used to enjoy birthdays and look forward to them. That was a very, very long time ago. I, uh, I just... I dread them as they approach. I dread the day, and then it's over, and you just move on. Uh, and for those of you who are a part of the age is just a number crowd, ask an actuary. Do you know an actuary? They don't believe age is just a number. They've got all kinds of statistics to back it up. Oh, boy. Well, happy birthday, anyway. Uh, finally, on this President's Day, a couple more pieces of presidential trivia. I know how much everybody's been enjoying that. Uh, I hope you have as much as me. Uh, Chester A. Arthur enjoyed walking at night and seldom went to bed before 2 a.m. Hmm. On the other hand, Harry S. Truman used to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning to practice the piano for two hours. Two hours? Two hours. Did he get good at it? Doesn't say. (laughs) That was probably his meditation, huh? Yeah, yeah, in a very real way, sure. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. If you missed part of the show, grab the Armstrong and Getty On Demand podcast. It's essentially the radio show. Uh, there, wherever you get podcasts, you can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Plus, we have our hot links for you. All the stuff we talked about, some of the stuff we didn't get to. Good uh, clicks for you. We deserve some sort of special accommodation for doing a show on a holiday, like a, a pin or a medal or a certificate. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. This is a moment when we must look at ourselves in the mirror and we must learn. Yes, to together and to work on. Eh, I don't think so. Just forget it. We must together work together to see where we are. No, no, that's not what I was told. Not only was it authentic frontier gibberish. It expressed a courage little seen in this day and age. Pish, posh. Okay. Yay. Armstrong and Getty.